I went from being a 112 my senior year of high school to a starting 125 pounder in the Big Ten at 18 years old. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is BJ Futrell, the new assistant coach at Northwestern. Previously, BJ was the assistant at Penn, and before that was an Illinois legend, folks, and I don't say that lightly. BJ came up with the legendary Harvey Twisters, was a five-time kid state champ, two-time Illinois high school state champ, and then went on to be a two-time All-American before a very successful senior career. It was awesome to have BJ on the podcast. Can't wait for you to hear this episode, folks. Fan of the week goes to our friend Rhonda Kessler from Rantoul, Illinois, the proud new owner of some wrestling Change My Life merch. You too can own some merch if you go to store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We got t-shirts, hoodies, and stickers. That's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. Now, without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great BJ Futrell. BJ Futrell back on the podcast. Long overdue, my friend. <laughs> Ryan, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm feeling like I'm feeling like Jordan in 95, man. I'm, I'm back, baby. <laughs> let's go. So uh, for folks who don't know, BJ's back in Chicago after a decade away. Just took just took a job at Northwestern. You've been at Penn for the last two years. Man, how long has this been in the works for? How'd this come about? I'm so excited. Man, that's like really uh honestly, like I've heard somebody say, like, if you can explain it, then then God didn't do it. And I have to say this is definitely an answered prayer, but and a God-given opportunity. But I really <laughs> It's really, it's really tough to even kind of pinpoint, but essentially I've been away from the Chicagoland area for over a decade. So from going back, when I finished my master's degree at the University of Illinois, um, I then spent time at the Cliff King, uh, Cliff King Wrestling Club in Ann, Ann Arbor, Michigan, trained there and lived there for a couple of years. And then um, life ended up taking me out to Philadelphia. They were starting up a PRTC. Brandon Slay had an, and encouraged me and inspired me to, to come out and, and take the leap of faith. And, and it was something I was really excited about and, and had some, some really great experiences out on the East coast. Um, I retired, spent the year coaching at the Naval Academy, 
came back to Philadelphia and was helping uh, an amazing organization and beat the streets Philadelphia. Then finally joined the staff and and now uh, I'm I'm super grateful and excited that, that life has presented me with this opportunity to be able to just get back closer to home and closer to closer to my roots. So yeah. back in the big team. Yeah. Let's go. Come on now. I, I just love I love um state of Illinois and I love when we get you know programs with good coaches and Storniolo's been doing a tremendous job at Northwestern for you know, five, six years, putting a lot of guys at the tournament. So man, just so pumped you're back and, and that you took that role and you look at your time at Penn, man, you've been out there for a while. I feel like, is that like the, the most you spent anywhere besides Champaign, like Philadelphia area? I w- yeah, I would have to say so. Like, um, it's been total time here in Philadelphia. It's been about seven years or so. And, uh, I feel like during that time I, I was able to grow a lot as a, as a young man, as a leader, as a wrestler, but also as a coach. And so um, it's it's really been just a enriching opportunity. I met my wife here. We started a family, we got married, bought our first house here. And so, um, you know, like it was a lot of chapters that, that were established. <laughs> and now, like, like I said, it's been 10 years since I've been back in the Chicago area. And I have a lot of pride in, in just being from Illinois, just being from Illinois. And before, before we get too deep into the podcast, I gotta say, like, um, I gotta, I gotta give you your flowers, man. Like, so number one, I, I don't know if most people know this. Like, me and Ryan, we go back to, I want to say it was like what, oh three, oh two, like schoolboy national schoolboy duels, duels indie, yeah, <laughs> Illinois national team, and uh, and that was our first time ever interacting. But then, uh, I mean, obviously since then you've you've grown tremendously and you've exploded on this on this podcast scene. And uh, coming up on nearly 500 podcasts and like the the docu series from the uh, Slaying Satia, uh, Assembly Fall, the Gable, uh, like it just goes on and on and on. It's like essentially, like basically, you're like the Drake of of wrestling podcasts. Like, <laughs> like you can't miss, you can't yeah, miss. So I'm like, humbled, man. Thank it's, you. So uh, much. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast that, that I'm actually like a fan of and I, I listen to actively. So just to see your growth over the last few years from when you were starting out and just how the not only just the interviews and the and uh the guests that you're able to get on, but also just the the quality and the depth of the interviews. So I think if no matter who you are um in the wrestling community, whether you're a fan or coach, athlete. Um, there's something of value that you can gain and that's because of your diligence and your commitment to excellence. So thank you, Ryan, for, for all that you're doing for the sport and, and through this, through this podcast, man, thank you so much. I'm uh, I'm touched and just humbled by your words. And I'm so glad you, uh, you listened to the show. And, you know, I think about probably one of my favorite interviews all time is with your old head, man, Quintrell Harrell for the uh, Tony Davis documentary. So yeah. yeah, man, it's been, it's been an awesome journey. And it's funny you talk about that schoolboy duels uh, tournament, man. That was, I've, I haven't thought about that in a long time. So yeah, that is where it went back. And folks, let me tell you though, I knew about BJ Futrell long before that Midwest classic that, that winter, I got to set the stage here. The twisters had been out of the IKWF for quite some time due to some political infighting or, or it was IWF. That's what it was. IWF, IKWF didn't get along. IWF folds. My seventh grade year, the Twisters come back to the IKWF. All we'd heard is rumors. We'd never never seen it, never heard anything about it. We never actually saw it. We're at the Midwest Classic. Big tournament in Tamley Park. Single elimination. In rolls in BJ Futrell, 
like uh, just the meanest mug you've ever seen in your life. On the, I've never seen a smile, the most serious face ever. And behind him is like an army of twisters. And that was my first time seeing the twisters. Ryan Prater put me out of that tournament. And, uh, and dude, that year you guys came back. I don't know if you won the IKBF as a team, but made a mark on me, man. And I remember watching you and I'm like, that dude's all business. And it was just an honor to, uh, to be on that team with you that summer and to watch you guys in action, man. That, those were some teams, Cartis Lloyd, Mario Morgan. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, like the tradition speaks for itself. Um, if you're in the state of Illinois or outside of it and, you've probably heard of the Twisters at some point. And just you know, speaking of giving flowers, just Coach Quint. And and not only Coach Quint, but it's so many other coaches, too, that are behind the scenes. Coach Sean Waller, uh, he, he's a guy that that uh, is not in the spotlight. He doesn't want to be in the spotlight, but he's been um, like Coach Quint's right-hand man for a long time. And uh, they've had a tremendous, profound impact on a lot of young men, young men's lives and and. Um, yeah, you, you, I just can't say enough about Coach Quinn and, and just how, how great of a man he is and how he's had, yeah, he's changed the life trajectory of a lot of men. Who is the other coach you mentioned? Uh, coach Sean Waller. Sean he, Waller. He's, uh, I actually talked to him recently when I, when, um, when it was finally a done deal and I, and I knew I was coming back to the area. We, uh, we got to catch up and I, and I got to coach Coach Quinn. And, and I'm, that's one of the things that I'm really excited about too is uh, after being away for so long, like I'm excited about rekindling a lot of relationships and we talked about the national dual teams, like a lot of the coaches that were coaching some of those Illinois national dual teams from schoolboy to, to junior, um, even, even the girls, I, I have relationships, uh, pre-existing relationships with a lot of those people. So I'm excited uh, about that. And that's kind of like where some of my Illinois pride like started. Cause we were part of some of those teams um, that, that started tr the tradition and the, and the, uh, expectation that Illinois will go to those dual teams and, and do extremely well. And I think it was like the, the, um, I want to say 06, 07, one of those teams, those junior teams that were on and we, and we won. And I would put that team up against anybody. Cause that team was just loaded, loaded with talent. I think you had myself, uh, Max Nowry, uh, John Morrison, Jimmy Kennedy, Albert White, Jerome Ward, Benefield, Bland, Conrad Poles. I mean, like, it was like, boom, 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 <laughs> boom. Christian Brandley, like, stud after stud after stud. So, yeah. So, yeah. It was a great time to be around Team Illinois because that schoolboy team that we were on might have been like the last one they put together, kind of. There wasn't like a a training camp for it. Like now it's freaking training camps. There's it's a, an official thing. And to that, to your point though, that time, um, you know, those junior and cadet Fargo teams were starting to get real legit. And, and then Illinois won. I mean, they've won Greco. I think God knows how many times freestyle many times during that era. And I just had coach Bormet on and he was talking about yeah. when he was at overtime and it's like, were you overtime? Ari Twisters do it through and through baby. I never was an overtime guy, but I got all the respect in the world for Coach Bormet. He coached some of those national dual teams too, and uh, he's he's a, obviously an amazing leader, great friend, and uh, and, a, and a mentor. And I would say uh, Coach Powell too. Like Coach Powell, um, he was he coached some of those Greco teams, and I don't, I think we it was one year like we were wrestling Missouri in the finals, and like this was like my first time like spending time around Coach Powell. But before the finals, he gave like this. Still to this day, I think one of the greatest inspirational speeches before the finals. And like I already knew, like I was I was pretty confident going to this match. But after that speech, I was like, man, I'm about to mess this kid up. <laughs> like 
I can't lose after a speech like that. So big credit to, to Coach Powell and everything he's doing right now with Beat the Street Chicago. It's it's really amazing. Well, I know he's thinking he's seen you going to Northwestern. He's already probably putting his tentacles out there to get you involved and beat the street Chicago somehow, because I know you were involved out in Philly and that's where it started with, with the Mater brothers. And you know, they're the, they're the example, New York too, but coach Powell and his right hand uh, lady at Kathy Yen, what they've been doing in Chicago, nothing short of amazing. Have you been to the facility yet? No, I haven't been to the facility yet, but like I've already wow. you know, in contact yeah. with Coach Powell. He's re- he's uh, we've we've talked and conversed, and I'm excited. You know, I think um, just getting involved with the community is so is so important, and just with our proximity, Northwestern's proximity to um, to the Beat the Streets facility, I think it's just uh, I think it's a non-brainer. I really believe that you can't be the best version of yourself without serving others, and so um, getting involved within the community, I think it's. It's kind of like our mandate as people, I believe. I truly believe like um, it's our mandate to, to plant trees under which shade we do not sit. And so if you think about a tree like um, an apple, uh, uh, like an apple tree, like the fruit that comes from a tree is not meant for the tree itself. It's meant for other people. And so we all have gifts, talents, um, time that, that we can use to benefit other people and make the world a better place. So. I'm excited to be able to plug back in into the community where, um, you know, where it all started for me. Like um, my parents are still in uh, the South suburb area. So I'm about, they're about 50 miles um, from, from Northwestern and Mount Carmel is about like 20 miles from from Northwestern. So I'm super excited to to plug back into this community. Man, it's, it's so good to have you. And are your folks still in the same house you grew up in? Are they one yes, of those? Are, yeah. I'm one of the probably the rare, rare people that never moved. So I'm the youngest of four. I have uh, three older sisters, and uh, and yeah, so I'm super excited to get back and 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 part of the reason too is just being back closer to family. Like not only is this an amazing opportunity to coach, but just the opportunity. Like some people ask, like what was the like big reason? Like, and I kind of. Sometimes I phrase it like I, I couldn't be a, I didn't want to be a thief. And and by that, I mean, I didn't want to rob um, my family or myself the opportunity to have those hard connections uh, with my family. You know, my parents are, are not getting any younger. And um, and my wife is actually from Minnesota. So it's back closer to home for for both of us. And uh, I don't know if not a lot of people know this, but my dad actually he had he in the last few years, he's gone through some serious, serious health complications. And I asked him if it was okay to share this and he said it it was fine. But essentially uh, like years and years ago, he was diagnosed with with an autoimmune disease that was attacking his lungs. Essentially it it was in remission for a long time, but then say around like 2019, um, it came back and, and with a vengeance. And so from 2019 till up until about a year ago, like his health, like really took a, took a decline. And it was a, a really like, kind of like scary time for, for me and my family. Um, you know, like he was uh, basically essentially oxygen dependent. He was in stage four of this, um, of this, of this disease and really was really like uh, unable to do a lot of things physically that to have to live a normal, like quality of life, like walking, so he was oxygen dependent, like it was, it was a lot, but by God's grace, he was able to um, get on a transplant list and uh, he received a bilateral lung transplant uh, from Northwestern Hospital, actually. So 
big thank you to to all the doctors, you know, at Northwestern and everybody that's been involved and and prayers go out to the also to the families that he got the donation from. And uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's just completely by God's grace, because people usually are on those lists for for years and years. But he from the time that he got on the transplant list to the time that he got the surgery was about a month. So just complete God's favor um, in that situation. And now he's he's doing he's doing a lot better. So um, but yeah, it was a scary point in time because like my, my wife was pregnant at the time like with my son and I'm like all the way on the East Coast. Like it's like I can't really do much to help. Um, but uh, credit to my mom, too. She's just an amazing, amazing woman, amazing wife. Um, she really um, compliments my dad's strengths and covers his weaknesses. And she's uh, been an amazing partner um, for him as he's been on this journey. Wow. Well, man, I'm so. They, I'll just say too, they, yeah, they just please. celebrated 43 years of marriage too. So, shout out to to mom and dad for trail moms and pops. Um, wow. 43 years. I actually was in Chicago a couple of days ago, and I got to take them to breakfast. So, um, that was that was a special special honor uh, for man. me. Man, you're a good son, BJ. That's that. I'm I'm so glad your dad got the transplant. I just know just from seeing you at tournaments and even knowing you as an adult. Your dad, who's a was a pastor, is a pastor, a huge source of inspiration in your life and like, a, you know, just kind of like a, a real rock. And so I can't even imagine what you went through. But, man, great that he's that he received the surgery and even better that you're coming back to spend more time with him. And you just have the one son right now. Yeah, We just got the 19 month. He's full of energy. He's uh, his motor skills are are elite. I'll say <laughs> at this point, so he's a lot to keep up with. Let's go. And, uh, people say, people say, like once you've wrestled, everything is easy. Uh, everything in life is easy. But I'll say, like once you've been married to a wrestling coach, then everything in life is easy. So huge credit to to my wife Beza and uh, just being a, an amazing partner, amazing mother. She's extremely intelligent but not only is she intelligent but she's she's wise and she knows how to apply discernment to her intelligence and um she's just an amazing partner so every time i'm on the road like um she has a career of her own but she's you know a, an amazing mother and she's i'd never have to worry um you know about my son when when he's in her care so man, she i don't know if she could say the same but <laughs> what about the, you said uh you said yeah, um, being married to a wrestling coach is the hardest. What about being a parent and like getting up? I mean, how has that been? Has it been worse than you expected? The sleep deprivation, or has um, it been about what you thought? I would say like we've been pretty pretty blessed. Um, in regard, I would say the first year was was tough, but after that, we were doing some sleep training. You know, like reading up on everything that we could could do to help this guy <laughs> sleep and and in his process. So after the first year, it got it got quite a bit quite a bit better. He's actually um, he actually a little little sick right now, but uh, so I'm probably staying home with him today. Um, not sending him to daycare, but he's uh, like parenting is is amazing. Like uh, I I just recently read a book um, by Brian Loritz called The Dad Difference. And he talks about how children are the deposits we make, uh, the deposits we make into the world for a time in which we would not, we will not see. And um, yeah, it's it's an amazing journey just to be a dad and to see him grow and learn and to and to kind of go through life and how I'm essentially like the um, 
yeah, such a play a pivotal role just within my parents, uh, within my presence. Uh, yeah. So, I can't even uh, I can't even imagine how how exciting it's gonna be if I ever have my own kids. So uh, I'll be picking your brain, man, and getting your books. I wrote that one down, Dad Difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you talk about you know your father's been through some some health issues and he's he's hopefully on 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 the on the way up was he the one who got you involved with wrestling was he a wrestler yeah he, he's definitely on the way up now he's like getting like uh like five six walking five six miles a day now like he's like an amazing what an animal yeah he's, yeah he's so i mean yeah it's awesome it's truly truly a blessing and and uh but yeah uh this journey this journey of wrestling started started with me and my dad he was uh he started wrestling in high school um and uh he was a part of those bloom bloom trail teams that back back in the day in the state of illinois when there were only two classes let's go um, let's go those, some of those public schools were, were actually winning state titles so i think uh his i think i want to say his junior senior year they won it as a team with only like two or three guys uh, at the state tournament but they did an amazing job so his junior year he took second and then he wanted his senior year and uh so yeah but this this journey for me kind of started as just something to do with my dad. And uh, he had four girls or three girls at, at the time. And uh, so he was praying, praying for a boy. He got a boy <laughs> <laughs> and that was an experiment. But we've, we've shared some amazing uh, memories over the years. So, And I remember seeing a picture of you one time. And it was like, remember when they had the kickoff classic Tulsa and Reno and that was like the Trinity Mm-hmm. And I could have, man, you must have had 10 of those things. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, man. Uh, yeah, I got a trophy around here that's sitting around. But one, one more that I don't have yet is the Wrestling wrestling uh, Change My Life podcast fan of the week. I'm still waiting. Okay. Still okay. waiting on that one. I'm hoping okay. to add that one to the, to the resume one day. <laughs> I think we can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, my yeah, my dad has been influential more than more than anybody else and just his presence in my life, not just in wrestling, but and just showing me what it what it is to be a man. He came as well as my mom, he fathered me uh really well, giving me all the tools that I need in order to be successful and, and be able to maneuver through life and he made a lot of sacrifices my mom made a lot of sacrifices and i wouldn't be here without their love and their and their support over over my lifetime and i think that's what makes you such a great coach is that you've been around so many powerful leaders whether it's coach quint your father all the guys at karma illinois and even even coach barnett at michigan like you've you've seen and not to mention i mean we even talked about Penn. i love Raina and the pen group we got to talk about those guys but so it's like you've had all these great mentors around and and now as a coach i can tell just by talking to you you take it serious and it's it's about i mean not that all coaches don't but like you're really about development of these guys and you see it as like a calling for you to be a coach yeah absolutely and i, I think it all starts with with relationship I think championship performance, championship performances are built on trust. And, um, and yeah, I think, I think now more than ever, it's, it's required of coaches to really take the time to get to know their athletes, to build those personal relationships and to, and to, it has to, for me, it has to be about more than wrestling. Like I'm really passionate about taking that holistic approach. I feel like personally, I feel like if, the only thing I ever do is is help a guy win wrestling matches. I feel like I'm failing as a coach. Like I feel like it's it's so much so many more important things in life. And not to say that wrestling is not important because it's super important. I'm super competitive. I want to win, 
But um, I think as a coach, especially a college coach at this stage of a young man's life, this is such a pivotal time where they're figuring out who they are as people and what kind of leaders they will be, what kind of men they will be, maybe even what kind of fathers um, and husbands they'll be. And so to, to play an impactful role um, in that type of um, development process as a young man, I, I think is huge. And so that's something that, that I take really seriously. And so um, all of my athletes, that's something that, that I'm really um, intentional about, about being. I realize that, that words are, are powerful and I try to lead from a place of emotional intelligence and, um, and helping my athletes and just being, being there for them. And at the end of the day, like you, you fight harder for people that you feel connected to. And so um, both, on both sides. And so I think those relationships are, are super important. So that's, yeah, that's kind of my we can, philosophy. We can all relate to that. Like you've had a coach or something you want to show out for, or you want to, you know, do like you said with coach Powell, even right. That speech, like you want to, you want to lay it out to for him. And I, exactly. I felt the same with him just talking to him on the phone. Sometimes it's and uh, coach Medlin, I feel the same way about, but yeah. So it's like that um, the establishment of the relationship is kind of how you see it. And it's, it's beyond just wrestling. Is that something you, you picked up from, uh, from coach Raina? I'm curious what you picked up from him during your time, because that's, that's one of the more, well-spoken, just thoughtful people I've ever connected with through this podcast. I can't say enough about Coach Reyna. Yeah, I, I would say, like, uh, number one, just huge honor and uh, and, and respect for, for Roger and just him even allowing me just to, the opportunity at Penn. I feel like I've, grew, I've grown so much, like, from that opportunity and experience, and I definitely wouldn't be as prepared as I am right now to step into this role and Northwestern if I wasn't under Rogers um, leadership. So credit to him. Like I would say like, kind of like when I talked about connection and uh, I think that's kind of how our journey started with, with me and Roger. It started as an RTC athlete and uh, he was part of the process of recruiting me to, to Philadelphia. And I think our relationship really took another level when uh, one time I just saw him in the wrestling room and uh, I think it was before a workout, after a workout. And, uh, He's, his mind is usually gone. Like, <laughs> like he's thinking about something, he's thinking about raising money, he's thinking about, you know, how he can really build this into a perennial program. And um, I just took the time to ask him, say, hey, like, uh, it's one thing for somebody to ask, how are you doing? I think it's another level of a question to ask, how's your heart doing? And that's, and that's what I asked him in that moment. I said, Roger, how's your heart doing? And I think it, it kind of took it, took him back a little bit because that's not a, a common question. Um, to ask somebody and so I mean from there our, our relationship just kind of took off and he was in the corner for me when I um, when I made the U.S. national team for the first time he uh, when I when I retired from wrestling he took the time to sit down with me and kind of talk through options and um, thinking about where I can take my career which direction I can take my career and so um, he was at my wedding like it's so many so many examples I give but I'm really appreciative of Roger and just really, uh, yeah, just his, his approach, the CEO approach, I guess you could say, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to learn. He's, he has a lot of, a lot of wisdom and, um, like, yeah, that, I mean, that was part of the hard part of leaving, uh, Penn is just, I, I, like, I know the, the guys that are on the team that just, and this, the connections and the relationships that, that were established and, and built and the recruits that we have coming in and like where the program is headed, um, that was, that was hard. So the, the momentum, I want to be right? Sensitive to that, but yeah, it's uh, but it was 
it was a tr- decision that I had to make. So yeah. But, well, I saw you guys were building a pen, and it was it would. I mean, it's the momentum is is legit, and you can see it in the staff that that Coach Reyna brought in. And and for folks who don't know, Coach Reyna was at Penn forever, left and came back, and that's why the uh, you know the the marketing campaign is called the movement, right? And it's not just Penn; it's Drexel, it's Beat the Streets, Philly, it's the Penn RTC. And like you look at the Penn RTC, it's one of the best RTCs in the country. The great Jordan Burroughs is there. You got Mark Hall there. It's like all this. You know, they call it the ecosystem. Like all this energy is like building around Penn and uh, specifically Philly. And you were right in the right in the center of that. Yeah, it was an amazing opportunity. Like I said, big credit to Roger, big, big credit to uh, Brian Pearsall. I learned a lot from him. Uh, Mark Hall and obviously Coach Slay, he he was a big reason why I first initially came to to Philadelphia. I would I would say probably uh, pin pin wrestling the Philadelphia Philadelphia ecosystem biggest secret is 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 Kevin McGuigan, and so big credit wrestling Philly. <laughs> yeah, I I call him the the quarterback. He's he's the quarterback of the whole operation, and uh, he's uh, he's he's making moves and making things happen that. Our, our unparalleled, his dedication and commitment. And he has such a wealth of experience just from other things. Uh, like he's an invaluable, like a, like a, like a very valuable resource um, to the, to the program. So thanks. To his, Kevin. his energy, like that's, I, I got to step back and just think sometimes like how lucky we are in wrestling to be around some of these people who are like so positive and upbeat and yeah. the guys just, uh, there's, there's a lot of negativity out there, but if you go to his wrestling Twitter, it's just, it's all positivity. And he actually stands by, like, if someone asks him, like, what his favorite sports team is, some people say the Phillies, the 76ers. He says the Penn RTC, and he's dead serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nut, yeah. man. I freaking love that about him. God. Yeah, yeah he uh, – and so that's that's what you're leaving. You're coming to Northwestern, you yeah. know, and now we're talking Big Ten country. Now we're talking the perennial conference in college wrestling by a lot, and – Northwestern's right in the thick of it. And we're also talking about now you're recruiting from your home state. Like it's just uh, so much exciting things going on with it. Um, the one thing I want to ask you about, though, I want to dig into some old uh, IHSA brackets because I forgot that you were a part of the 2006 madness bracket. Uh, this, this bracket, <laughs> I'm sure you see it once in a while, but like every two years or so, I feel like I posted the 2006 IHSA 103 bracket folks. Go ahead and do your favorite. Take a look at it. It's absolutely insane. Um, you, you were a sophomore. You took fifth mm-hmm. and here yeah, I'm looking at it now. BJ Futrell, sophomore 40 and four this bracket. I mean, is this come up um, amongst your Philly friends ever, or is this more of like an Illinois secret? How uh- nasty this bracket was. I I'm very familiar with the bracket. But Are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, Daryl Thomas. I mean, hit hit folks with it. it was, like, what are some of the highlights? It was definitely loaded. But I'll I'll start off by saying like, I still wasn't a full 103 pounder yet in at this point. So most people don't know. Like, I started my high school career my freshman year. I was I weighed in at the at the state tournament at 85 pounds. Um, so my sophomore year, I bulked up a little bit, but I was, I was probably like 94, 95 pounds, um, still my sophomore year. And so it took me three years to become a full size, 103 pounder, but yeah, um, this bracket, I think, um, and one of the other things too, like with this bracket, like it had walkovers and I, I, I was so disappointed, uh, with the walkover. Like I, I think I dropped my first match. I had only lost at this point. I had only lost like two matches in the state of Illinois to, uh, 
I think it was to Spangler, uh, or maybe one match in Illinois, to Spangler. I lost two matches in Ohio at, at the um, at the Midwest Classic to the same guy, Greensburg uh, Salem. Not that we remember these things. Not that you remember anything. Yeah, not that we remember <laughs> these things. But uh, but yeah, and then um, yeah, I think I lost to Kaz Hashimoto first round. And then came back, but then it was it was a walkover, so I didn't even get to wrestle him again. It was just I'm going for fifth. And I was like, hey, what the heck? <laughs> but wrestled a tough Joey Norton for for fifth and sixth. He was somebody that the previous year he had beaten me every time, and then I got the better of that uh, that match. And I think that kind of set the stage for the next year um, when I came in, and and really the last two years because after I think after that um, Kazuhashimoto match, I never lost another match in the state of Illinois. And I don't think I ever gave up another offensive point my last <laughs> two so, years of high school. So that is a stupid yeah. stat. I actually wrote it down 85 matches without being scored on after that tournament. It's like that doesn't even make sense to me because the next year you beat John Morrison in the finals. You know, one of the greats from that era as well. Multiple time All-American from Oklahoma State. And uh, he was in that 2006 bracket. So and then and then your senior year, you you walk through it. But man, that that's. That era was just so tough. I'm sure everyone from every state thinks that their era was tough. I really do believe that. After having this podcast, everyone thinks that. Like some guy from Pennsylvania in the 80s, like they're talking about this. And I'm like, yeah, it just wasn't like like Illinois in the 2000s. But I really do. When you look at this bracket and look at the guys who went on to be All-Americans, Olympians, like Max Nowry, Olympian. He's in this bracket. He didn't place, right? It's like it's, it's crazy. Olympian. Olympian. So yeah. two Olympians. <laughs> didn't place in this 103 bracket and uh oh my it's just crazy to look at so just just some quick highlights chris spangler wins tony ramos second third and fourth guys who may not be known outside of illinois but i definitely remember these guys kaj hashimoto tyler johnson and then you took fifth but the guys who didn't place to me it's even crazier like ryan Yao didn't place that kid was a stud um another name that was always tough back then. Justin Farmer. I mean, it's not Joe Roth freaking nuts, man. And, and there's BJ in there taking a fifth. And like you mm -hmm. said, after that, just, just set fire to the state of Illinois. And, and it's no surprise because everyone from the IKWF days knows you for like insane number of kid state titles. I don't even know how many it was. How many? It depends. Are you counting IWF or IKWF? That's that's this the whole. Like, this that's is the, the whole big thing. If but, you guys wouldn't have left, if yeah, if you can count both, would you have broke uh, Tony's record? Five. five. It would have been five. five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Five. Count them. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's that's so funny. It's just crazy. All the uh, how far we all go back and just uh just how it it's full circle right you see some of these guys now and they still talk about the same tournaments that we're talking about right it's like uh yeah how did you how did you decide to go to Carmel is that just a tradition of of the Twister Mount Carmel pipeline or was there something else going on there man that was that was a really tough decision um for me so if I would have went to school in my local area I would have went to Richie's high school that's the school that all three of my older sisters attended it was probably like a mile, mile and a half away from my home. And, um, man, I just kind of sat down with my dad. We, we, were, we were having these these deep conversations and, and we were talking about and, and thinking about, like, what would be the next steps that I would take in my career and um, and what would also just position me, you know, the, the best for success, not only in wrestling, but um, 
in, in life and, and prepare me and, and challenge me academically. And, and education is something that my, my parents always teach. They, they, they let me know that this is, uh, this is a thing, paramount thing. This is, this is number one, you're a student athlete first. Um, so uh, we came down to, to, to kind of three, three pots or three hats. It was De La Salle, um, St. Rita or Mount Carmel. I took I took Saint Rita to, to all to all three of those schools. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that would have uh, been interesting. Okay, okay. And, uh, and, and it, for me, like I like at pretty early on, I feel like I was able to eliminate De La Salle for for whatever reason. But and it really came down to to Mount Carmel or, or St. Rita for me, and it and it was tough because Albert White, one of my best friends, um, uh, and who I still talk to every day today, <laughs> right now, like. That he was at St. Rita's room. Where was that St. Rita? I think Obi Simpson was another guy that I looked to uh, at St. Rita, and then there was Carmel, and and it was the tradition and Mario Morgan and like just thinking about the Joe Williams, C.J. Williams, like all of these Cassio Perro, who's one of my best friends still to this day as well. Um, all of these like great guys in tradition, and um, I it it just it had to be Carmel. It, it just had to be Carmel. And then I felt like it was I was torn. Like man, I wish I could spend two years here, and two years here. But <laughs> my dad let me know like, hey, we start somewhere, we finish it. And uh, I think that's a valuable less, life lesson too. Like it's, it's finishing what you started. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a, a blessing of our opportunity to be it to go to Mount Carmel, be a man of Carmel. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to to plug back into that community as well. And St. Rita during that time, they they were dominant team in the state, right? Steve Zimmerman, yeah, Albert White, of course. I mean, crazy. I didn't know you were that close to going to St. Rita. That's yeah, interesting. Was, that would have been interesting. So, so I actually like in order and in order to get to Mount Carmel, this is just the the level of of discipline, and I had to do a lot of growing up fast because I I was taking an hour train ride every day to get to school back and forth. And no, by yourself. Yeah. By, by like I said, I would get to the train by myself, or my dad would, would drive me to the train. And then uh, once I got pretty much to the train station, it was all it was. It's a lot of kids that travel from not just the south suburbs, but also Indiana and and all over um, the state to get <laughs> to get to Mount Carmel. Yeah. So once I pretty much got to the train station, I was rarely ever um, by myself. But um, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a big commitment. So going to, to morning practices, <laughs> I was getting up pretty, pretty early to, to get there. And, uh, and Jason Erwinski, uh, well, I had two, two coaches actually, Ben Gerties was the original coach that, that I had when I was there. And, and, and then, uh, Jason Erwinski was the, was there for the second part of my career. While I was at Mount Carmel. He's a Northwestern, he's a Northwestern grad. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to connect back with him too. I know he's doing some some amazing things on the youth circuit. You just read my mind. I was just thinking, who were the Mount Carmel coaches during that time? Because I could not, I could not place it. And now they're under a really good leadership. Um, Search this is doing some great things, and they have some they have some studs. I love that Seth Mendoza kid. He's amazing. He's tough, man. I'm not going to say anything more. I'm going to move on from the topic. But I was at, I was actually wondering who the coaches were when you were there, and I. So Ben, Ben Gerties, Jason Erwinski. Oh, and you also said Cassio Pro and Albert. I was trying to think this. Let's put a call out right now. They've been summoned to the podcast. I'd love to get both of those guys on. Yeah. If um, now nah, I will, I do want to follow up you to get both of those guys on though, because Albert White, that was that that was a 
just a high school machine. I mean, I, I, it was unbelievable to watch him wrestle and Cassio Pero. I don't remember watching him, but I know that Poeta and all those guys from that Illinois era, they freaking, they love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, before we move on, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that I do want to get both of those guys on. Um, but well, yeah, so awesome. And for, you know, for folks who so most people probably know this, most don't, but Harvey Twisters, a lot of their great studs from the 90s all went to Mount Carmel, which is this all boys Catholic school on the south side of the city, not south side suburbs, which is where the Twisters are. So for you to get there, that is that's a that's a haul to get there. And once you got there, any regrets or would you, do you love it from the first day? Um, I, I think different people have different experiences, but personally, I had I had an amazing experience. I, I feel like I grew a lot. I, I think it's kind of what you make of it. I think um, some people are are maybe thrown off a little bit by by being all boys, but but for me, I I know it helped narrow my focus and helped keep me um, you know focused on the on the on the task at hand. Um, like I was involved a lot too. Like I said, I think it's what you make of it. So during my during my time there, I was the president of student council. I was the president of our senior leadership club and uh, yeah, I, I was just in, involved in quite a bit. So, uh, so yeah, I made, I made the, the best. I know the, uh, the all boys aspect of it did not sit well for Tony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was not something that was explained to him ahead of time. And uh, no, I'm kidding. But he, he said that was a, that was a real shock for him. And I used to think that when you guys, because you guys would come down to the Geneseo Bi-State Tournament, and I don't know if Mount Carmel is still going to that when you were there, but forever Genes or Mount Carmel came to this, uh, came to the tournament that my high school hosted, and so was very familiar that, with that. That was program. a big tournament. That was a big tournament in Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. We never went when I was there, but uh, but yeah, I like I, I like when I was in the like seventh eighth grade, thinking about starting to have those conversations where I'm going. Like that was um, that tournament was well known and well respected for sure. Yeah, we've talked about it before, but John Starzik and Nate Moore's fathers got into a little scrap in the stands one year. That was uh, that was those were some great matches. Um, and so when you look at kind of your current post moving forward at Northwestern, are you in the windy yet? Are you still out in PA wrapping things up? No, still we're still tying up some loose ends here. Um, our house actually goes live on the market um, today. I Let's believe. go, folks! Saturday, Sunday. So hopefully. Um, you know, that does well. And, and we, we closed this chapter. And then, like I said, I was out in Chicago just a couple of days ago and um, trying to, trying to figure out where we're going to lay our heads at. <laughs> so first things first, getting that, but also I had the opportunity to to meet some of the guys on the team and start to start to build some of those relationships. And you know, that's, that's like going back, like that's one of the things that I was mentioning to them that I feel like um, just in, in regards to, um, connection like um you the best what's the uh, the best leadership flows not out of position but out of relationship and so you cannot lead effectively those of you who you are not connected to intimately and so i want to just kind of set the stage for some of the guys that i was able to meet that was still in town they they're they're in a little bit different of a system as far as how schooling works because it's a quarter system so we don't start school till um, September 20th. So it's a little bit later of a start. So guys get a little bit more time, but they were just wrapping up a training camp that they were having. And so it was good to be able to just touch base and, and get the, get the guys uh, just 
get face to face with some of the guys and, and start to build some relationships. But in terms of just the opportunity and the school itself, like I think Northwestern is the ultimate student athlete experience. I mean, um, aside from, um, you know, just the, the culture um, within the wrestling team that, that I was able to see just from having the conversations with, with Stoney Olo and, and guys on the team, but also just the success that they've had over the course of the, not only like history, but even if you just look at the last three years, like uh, in the last three years, they've had 26 NCAA qualifiers. They've had a national champ, seven All-American place finishes. And in the last six years, they've gone consecutive with an all. They, they've gone the last six years uh, with at least one All-American. And so in um, two out of those three years, they were in it. They finished in the top 10 and they got five. We have five returning national qualifiers coming to the team this year. And so uh, with it being the ultimate student athlete experience, just from the quality of the education, you get in the top 10 education. Um, you're on the biggest stage, the premier conference for NCAA Division One wrestling, the Big Ten. And it's, I think it's unparalleled opportunities, uh, networking wise, career wise, internship wise, with just our proximity um, to Chicago and just the alumni base and foundation. So um, I think it's it's an amazing opportunity for any student athlete um, to be a part of. I mean, it's you think about Penn and Penn is a you know one of the best schools in the in the country in the world, and the EIW is great. But the Big Ten, the level of exposure is just everyone could agree it's just a step up. You know, like the or not the EIWA, the Ivy. Um, but the it's like. Northwestern, you get that academic prowess, but also the exposure and the and the the awesome dual meet schedule, the TV exposure. I mean, it's it's so much fun to uh, to be in a conference that gets that kind of exposure. And so, um, I'm curious though, when you were at Illinois, were you on any teams with Poet or he graduated by then? I, I couldn't remember the overlap. Well, I went I went right away. I went from being a 112 senior pounder my senior year of high school to a starting 125 pounder. In the big team, in the big ten at 18 years old. So um, you didn't redshirt? I did not redshirt right away. No, I ended up taking a medical redshirt um, a few years later. But yeah, I mean, I think that was the original plan. But I ended up being a guy, and and Just yeah, I, I was going. <laughs> I was going. So that was but a was, big uh, So was Poeta like just training? Was he coaching, or he was? No, he was a senior. It was. It was a he was senior. A senior. Okay. Got up, it. Uh, finishing. He won the Big Tens and end up finishing uh, second that year. Yep. Okay. Okay. Because obviously he's the he's the head man in Illinois. The, the when I look at Illinois Northwestern, it's like all right, who's going to win between those two, and then who's going to go on and try to try to win the Big Ten battle. So I just think it's awesome that uh you know former teammates you guys are at competing schools now and. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's just going to increase the talent pool here in Illinois to have all those guys back, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Big credit to Mike and the things that they're doing um, in Champaign. We like I, I think going back to like my my like early on, like my freshman year, like the summer coming in, like I think that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made is that I I spent that summer in uh, I went to school early in Champaign. I was taking classes. I was getting used to the workouts. And um, one of the earliest conversations I remember having with Mike is that he was saying like, hey, like, we know you're good. We know you're a stud, but like, uh, like as you're in the room, like, don't feel like this is like your identity. We know you're going to be good. Like, so don't like, it's common that some, some freshmen take some lumps here, <laughs> you know? And so uh, I really appreciate him just taking the time and he was, he was a great leader um, and it was fun to be on the team with him. Well, knowing how much confidence and belief you have in yourself, did you ever have moments during that 
from that summer on where you had any uh, self-doubts or any wavering, um, you know, just going, you know, how tough that is to go through as a freshman? Yeah, I think everybody, like, it's very rare not to, I, I would say, for for at times from your confidence to get a little shaky, especially, like, as your first, um, you know, kind of making that transition. I, I've heard hundreds of guys talk about that on, on, on this podcast where guys are struggling to get a takedown for like the first, uh, you know, a few months, that transition from, from high school to college is it's a, it's a big transition. I think now with, with RTCs and just the quality of coaches that's across the country, I think that that gap is maybe, maybe closing a little bit, but for, for most guys, I would say that's, that's a, that's, that's a pretty big transition. So I, I remember like distinctly, um, like uh like after after a couple of workouts like calling my dad like crying like man like i'm getting <laughs> beat up dad and he was like hey just stick it stick it out keep your head up like keep grinding you'll get there you'll get there and he, he kept kept my head in the right place so <laughs> man so even uh even bj futrell that happens too because it's uh it's a humbling experience and for i mean you had a lot of success but coming in just a little undersized i can imagine that first summer must have been um must have been eye-opening just in terms of uh that next level yeah absolutely absolutely and like i said i was planning on richard but um you know i i ended up being a guy so i went right away but it was a big transition but it was a big you know coming of age growing to learning experience for me like uh you know being part of a team with so many local legends and uh, it was it was a uh, it was an awesome opportunity I mean, you were in Ve- that Vegas tournament in December. I mean, so you were in right away. I mean, that's that's crazy to think about. Wow. I did. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was going through all the, all the old, uh, you know, Illinois records, getting ready for this, and it said two thousand nine, and I'm like, man, I thought he would have redshirted. I didn't know like if the dates were wrong, but so you went right I away. Think, I think. Um, I think a lot of coaches like maybe shied away from me for from recruiting for that purpose. With, and I understand, and maybe rightfully so. Like I was 112 pounds as a senior. Like I think a lot of coaches questioned if I would ever, um, be a, a full size 125 pounder, or at the very least, I was a I was a unicorn. I was a, I was going to be a four year, <laughs> one twenty lifetime uh, 25 pounder, but. Um, I end up uh, ending my career at 141. So, so I'm a, I'm a big advocate for for the underdogs, for the little guys, and um, and I I take that perspective into you know recruiting and when I when I'm thinking about prospective athletes. But big credit to uh, to Carl Perry. Um, you know he had he he was a big had played a big influential role in me going in, as well as Mark Johnson and Coach Chef and um, and Jeremy Hunter. So, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because you had a lot of success on the national scene, right? Like like Fargo, multiple time All American out there. How, how did you do out there? Uh, I was a six time All American in Fargo. Wow, <laughs> three, three times. Um, I think I want to say I only lost to like three, three individuals, and no, two of those individuals happened to be David Taylor and and Kyle Dake. So <laughs> <laughs> really. So, so yeah so, like a freestyle bracket uh, one-year-old freestyle brackets those guys were in um, yeah i um david beat me twice in the finals and uh and kyle beat me one time on the way to the finals so oh, wow uh, yeah, i didn't realize that didn't get any fargo stop signs but i, I got a couple university stop signs but, oh yeah oh yeah uh that's crazy though that's man, you look back at some of those brackets it's so fun to look through like even like the uh the high school state ones but yeah on the on the national level too man so that even with that, because of your you were one twelve as a senior, not as many calls as you would have thought, maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously the landscape has completely changed from college recruiting from oh my god to what it is now, and the contact date was a lot later um, at that at that point in time. But yeah, I really didn't get really really any calls. But Illinois was a was a school called Perry was somebody that you know he was consistent. He let me know that they wanted me, and uh, and I think it helped that one of my teammates, my my high school teammates at the time, Zeke Rowan, who was an Illinois state champion. Um, he, uh, he had went to Illinois and, uh, he, he was, he was in my ear too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a dream for me to be able to stay home and represent my home state and, um, and yeah, carry on that, that, the pride, but that's why it's even more exciting for me to come back and be in the Chicagoland area and, and continue to help this program in Northwestern to, to move forward and, and, and reach new heights. I'm excited to, to work with Storny Olo and, um, yeah, just learn from him. He he's very, very intelligent, very strategic, and um, well dressed. Very well dressed. What's that? Very well dressed. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Shane Spark too. Like Shane, Shane, uh, Shane Spark, Benton Never uh, spokesman. He 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 gave me a huge compliment and said that I'm I'm. The number one seed uh, for Big Ten coaches coming into coming into the season for for best dress. So, <laughs> hey, I take that for pride. So, <laughs> so I appreciate Shane that. Sparks. Shane. Much respect. My last question, and maybe the most important question, is: Does the Northwestern Wrestling Room have a rope for you to climb, BJ? Because if not, <laughs> if not, I don't know where I'm going to get my inspirational videos. Because, do the things you do on the rope, the one hand up the other, it's freaking crazy, man. Man, I would tell you one of the things that that really kind of like made this a compelling opportunity for me is is the facilities. It's really insane. They they have a, a two hundred and eighty million dollar facility that was built in twenty seventeen, and it was like the the really the thing that was really amazing to me is that the weight room it like kind of sits over the lake, and so it sits over like a private beach that only for faculty, students, and staff. And uh, so as you're working out, not only can you hit the buys, then you can go out on the beach and get some sun a little bit. But it's really a phenomenal, amazing. I mean, it's just another level, like the resources that this program has and their and their dedication to helping these athletes be able to, to reach their top end is 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 really um, exceptional. It's it's really exceptional. So, uh, yeah, fuel bars, refueling stations, recovery stations like um, we have every every. I feel one of the things that was really compelling for me to come here and, and move here and coach on top of everything else is that I know this is a place we can win. I know this is a place where we can develop guys and, and I'm excited to be able to do that. And that's something that Northwestern has done for years and mm-hmm. to be able to take that to another level. Absolutely, man. Well, it's, it's an honor to have you on the podcast and it's good just to, to you know, count you as a friend and to have you back in the land of Lincoln I'm so excited to have you, BJ. It's been great to have you on the podcast, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I need, when you get here, text me, because I've actually never been to Northwestern facilities, and I live like four miles south of Evanston. So I'm right in Lakeview. Yeah, and, and there's a there's also like a, a five hundred million dollar football stadium coming, so that's wow. <laughs> that's in the works too. But yeah, definitely anytime. Yeah, we'll we'll make it happen for sure. Thanks for listening to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. To support the show, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. You can also support the show at our online store at store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, and stickers. That's store 
that WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. We'll see you next time on a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life.